0: You are about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikina Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikina Okeke and be blessed. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Our God is beautiful. Our God is excellent. Our God is wonderful. How many have begun to enjoy the Lord? Hallelujah. How many want to enjoy Him more? Praise the Lord. We can't get enough of him. Hallelujah. Praise God. So tonight we are going to continue and um, I don't want to do the review because it always takes a bit of our time. But I know part of what we learned on Sunday, which I may just touch, is that the nature, once that nature of God is in you, it becomes easy and easier, you know, to just enjoy him because it's inbuilt in you. Praise God. And um, I don't know if we said this on Sunday, and we said that the mature Christian or the Christian who has come to fullness is a Christian that in spite of his environment, in spite of what the nurture around him is, remains true to his nature. Praise the Lord. So we find in the Bible men like Joseph, we find men like Daniel, we find these men that we have found in different environments. But you could see that they remain true to their nature. So that saying that says, when in Rome, behave like the Romans, is not for Christians. Praise the Lord. A Christian is light. He is salt. When he finds himself in an environment, he saltens the environment. Praise the Lord. He is light when he finds himself anywhere. If there is light there, he joins with the light and shines with the light. If it's darkness, what does he do? He dispels the darkness. So that's who we are. So we want to continue this evening. And I want to ask us a question, please. I need you to help me get an answer. If you offered honey to a friend of yours, honey, okay, or sugar, okay, dangote sugar, you offered it to someone and the person tasted it and said it's bitter. See the way everybody's looking at me. The person tasted it and said it's bitter, Okay. You drop the honey or the sugar and then you bring pepper and you give the person and the person tastes this pepper and says it's bland, it's tasteless and is looking at you like this. Uh, which one is the hottest pepper? Cameroon pepper, Be You give the person Cameroon pepper and the person chooses it and is looking at you and says, ah, no taste in this thing. What will you think about the person? Uh-huh, somebody said the person has coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they say part of the symptoms is. The person loses stage. You'll say the person is sick, isn't it? Why? Because you know that what? Honey is sweet. Pepper burns. Pepper is hot. But if it's not hot to him, and the honey is not sweet to him, then he's sick. Now, can I tell you something, people of God? If God is not enjoyable, sweet to me, I'm sick. Praise the Lord. If I'm not enjoying God, If I'm not marveling that we saw a few days back, twenty-seven, when we started, twenty-seven, verse four, the psalmist said, "One thing have I desired of the Lord; that will I seek after, that I may what dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life." What do I do? It says, "Contemplating." Different translation says, "Beholding." Some say, "Marveling." Praise the Lord. The beauty of the Lord. uh, Amplify says, "To behold and gaze." You know, is you, you forget yourself. It says to behold and gaze the beauty of the Lord. If anybody, I'm making this categorical, if anybody is not enjoying this God, he is sick. But there is healing in Jesus' name. Because he's beautiful. Praise the Lord. He's wonderful. He's altogether lovely. Even his accusers could find nothing wrong to say about him. They worked hard, they couldn't. Is someone getting the point I'm saying? Because many people are working, many people are living, especially those that are Christians. And when you hear them talk about God, you see that something is happening somewhere. They are sick, just like the friend that tastes honey and says it's bitter. And we're going to see this evening because the Bible is clear. Exodus 34, 6-7 We can look at it. We see where God introduces himself to Moses. He says to him, he says, I am the Lord. Exodus 34, please, 6 and 7. He says, I am the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, abounding in goodness and truth. You see, God is good. Let me say God is good. The Bible says in him is no darkness at all, neither a shadow of turning. The God that created this heaven and this earth, that we, the heaven over us and the earth we live in. The God that created the human body. Do you know that he's so correct that if everything, if not for sin, even with sin itself, the human body is created to self-repair. You see, this whole thing about the coronavirus, remember that there are some people that will be all right. And then they'll come and test them and tell them they're sick. Then after 14 days, they test them. They tell them that, okay, isn't it what happened? What is happening? You see, the manufacturer has already taken care of them. Praise the Lord. When you have a cut, when somebody has a cut and is bleeding, this good God sees to it that once the blood senses that is leaking out of the body at any and me sicks with oxygen. You know what it does? It's called blood clot. It clots there at that point. Why? So that the bleeding will stop. God is good. Is somebody getting me? God is good. In every way you look at him, he's good. And if I am not enjoying God, I am sick. I need to be healed. Praise the Lord. That sickness is in varying degrees. So wherever you find yourself, how many of us were enjoying the praise and worship today? It was just sweet. Praise the Lord. But the better part of it is what? Whether in good times or bad times. That's why the songwriter sang and says, uh, "I, I was that song that says, I'll praise my God. No matter what comes my way, I will praise him. That is when you see the beauty, when you catch A revelation of this God. Let me help you. Revelation chapter 4 verse 8 please to 11. Okay? Revelation 4 8 to 11. In that scripture, something is happening there. In verse 8, we are told about these creatures that are around the throne of God. And the Bible says the four living creatures. We've looked at this before. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And this is what they do. They do not rest day or night. What do they do? They are crying, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Continue, please. He goes on to say, He said, Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Praise God. The point I want to take from here is very simple. It's very childlike. The Bible says these four creatures, they have eyes where? They have eyes where? Around and within. It means they can see very well. And you know the result of their sin, they don't stop praising God. When a man ceases to praise God, he has stopped seeing his goodness. That's why somebody will be murmuring and be complaining and be lamenting how bad the situation is. He comes out of an accident and almost dies. Then he starts praising God. He hasn't gotten more money. His car has been spoiled. In fact, his his hand has some injury, has a fracture. But he's praising God. Why not? He can now see. Better than he was. Tell somebody, "I will see now, I will not wait. They said these creatures, they have eyes where all around them, and they could see very well. Now the next thing he says about these creatures is that they do not rest day and night, if there were anybody whose familiarity should affect his praise or worship. is these people. Because you know what is called C-finish? For those who are not Nigerians, you won't understand. There's something that is called C-finish. In other words, familiarity. You see, C-finish, these people have the capacity to have seen God finish. But you know what? Because of the excellency and the majesty and the beauty and the grandeur, praise the Lord, words fill me, and the Kakamasato Soto of God. You see, this. Creatures, they don't stop. He says, listen, look at what he said. He said what? Day and what? Night. They don't go and break. What are they saying? Beautiful, holy, wonderful, majestic. If I'm not seeing it, I'm sick. That's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about you. Any second of my life, I get lost of seeing the goodness of God. Not God has ceased being good, but I have ceased seen. May the Lord keep our eyes open in Jesus' name. The next thing we see is this. If you go further down, we are told about the 24 elders. The 24 elders, what do they do? They fall down before him and they worship him. I just want to pick something there that I found interesting. And he says they cast their crowns before him. What is the crown? The Queen of England, okay, there is a crown she wears and it's only for special occasions. That crown is the best part of her regalia. It is the most reserved and preserved because it's the epitome of her, you know, throne. When she puts it on, that's the best of her. The Bible says these 24 elders, when they see God, they cast their crowns. That cast crown, I checked the word, the first example I saw for cast, the word cast, is to throw stone into water. So the beauty of the Lord, I, I, I just want you to see how sick. I have been, and maybe maybe I'm not talking about The beauty of the Lord is so, so much, you know, beyond compare. That when these 24 elders see the beauty of the Lord, they take the extreme of their own beauty and do what? And cast it. Somebody say, I'm getting healed. I'm getting healed. Praise the Lord. So when we talk and say, enjoy the Lord, I think it was last Wednesday on Sunday, that we said, it's both an aspiration and what? A destination. Let's call it aspiration and a destination. You must aspire to because when you look at the scripture, you see, who am I? You know, many songwriters have sang, who am I? said, who am I that you're mindful of? Me. When you see the beauty, the greatness of God, then you begin to wonder, how come, you know, he's interested in me? How come he even has time to listen to me praise the lord so i'm just having that as an introduction because the lord said if this happens what will you say will you say the honey is no longer sweet no the honey is sweet will you say the pepper is no longer hot the pepper is hot it is the taste bird of the taster that has the issue the same way it is with people of god when we lament a moment you see this is why praise god thank you holy spirit this is why you would see the children of israel when They were traveling in the wilderness in that journey. They had many issues with God. But the problem God could not handle was their murmuring. Whenever they murmured, go and read it, judgment came. Because you see, if you taste honey and say it's bitter, can I improve on the sweetness of honey? So when you taste God, the psalmist says, taste and what? See that what? The Lord is good. When you taste God and you say God is not good, i don't yoruba is coming to my mouth i I know i won't speak it well but it don't finish let me let's let's leave it at that oh barry Uh oh barry oh barry well well it will finish well well (laughs) Praise, praise the lord you know so as we go on in this let's understand the import of what we are learning god is trying to help us to come into a place of safety Praise the Lord. To be in a place of safety. So continually we take this battle the way it's meant to be fought. You see, my goal or my assignment, and I believe, you know, in this series that we're learning as a servant of Jesus, is to get you to see him, to see Jesus, to know him, you know, to find out how beautiful he is and begin to enjoy him. Now, when you get to that place where you are enjoying him for his beauty, you know what begins to happen? You know evangelism, when most serious Christians hear evangelism, for the very sincere ones, they feel guilty, right? You're not doing enough. Now, The secret to enough evangelism is enjoying God. Let me ask a question, simple question. How many of us here have watched a movie and told somebody you must see that movie? How many of us have told somebody to see every movie you have seen? Isn't every movie yes? Why did you tell somebody to see that particular movie? You did what? You enjoyed it. Now, when you enjoy God to the point that God should be enjoyed, you can't help but tell about him. You understand what I'm saying? You can't help but tell. There are some meals that you eat, you know, in today's world. There are some meals that people want to eat just looking at the food. They don't start eating. They take the picture and they put it on Instagram. They have not even eaten it. They are happy. They're advertising, you're at home, I'm here, but you must see what I'm eating. When God gives you such delight, you will advertise him. When we compel you to tell about God, it's like forcing you to tell about the beans that they were giving you in boarding house. Beans that you did not enjoy. So when you re- think of evangelism, say punishment has come. Uh, are you born again? No, 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 no. When the joy of the Lord, when the experience of his beauty fills you, if you're telling somebody about Jesus, even the countenance on your face already will make the person want to know your God. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? That's why we're learning this. So when you begin to enjoy him, giving, this thing that some people threaten people. If you don't give God this, you'll go to hell. No. When you understand the beauty of the Lord, when you see how great he is, when you see how rich he is, there are many of us have noticed that it's easier for people to give rich men. I don't know why people do that. But you see, people just want to fall in line. When you see the grandeur of God, giving Him whether it's your ten percent or your fifty percent or your hundred percent, will not be a big deal. You will give Him a manager. My wife was telling me this morning she went to a place where they, you know, offered some services to her, and she wanted to give one of the ladies money, and it's not small money ten thousand, you know, ten thousand, and and she felt that if I give her this money, I might be insulting her. So because of that, she just said thank you and said bless you. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you see the largeness of God, that's why people must say, somebody pray, Lord, open my eyes. When people get a revelation of the world, do you know who God is? That we should be arguing, I should compel you, you must give him tithe. No, it's not. If, that, if I say that, I may be talking about it, you must give me. But if it's this God, he's too big. He said the cattle upon a thousand hills are his. God can rain silver. He can rain gold. Praise the Lord. The other day, you know, some local, uh, uh, was was it, miner, you know, found the largest bit, bit of it. Is it Tanzanite or what? Some precious stone. And became a multimillionaire. Tanzanite is a stone. So you can go home now while you're trying to move, relocate some, you know, interlocking stones in your house. You can find Nigerianite. If somebody understand what I'm saying, God is big. It's when you don't know God that you, you know, you struggle. They say, give to God, you're struggling. We've gone to this thing using the wrong route. And the Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So part of what we're learning is getting the foundations right. Anybody who is born again must certainly that the nature of God is in me. And if that nature is right in you, you will enjoy him. In your presence is fullness of joy. Praise the Lord. Can I do a bit of mathematics with that statement? If in his presence there is fullness of joy, it means any percentage out of his presence there is less joy. So the reason I have less joy is because I'm what? Less in his presence. That's why they say restore to me the joy of what? Because when I get to where I began, the joy will be full. Praise the Lord. So these are the things the believer must come and thank God. He says, ask. I don't get it. Ask. Praise the Lord. Ask. Pray, Lord. Baptize me. He even said he has shared the love of God abroad upon our hands by his Holy Spirit. So Lord, do this thing in me. Let me wake up and just enjoy singing to you. Let me hear the song. You know, how many of us hear Christmas song and something does about it? You see, you have been nurtured in that way. It can be like that for you for the things of God. That you hear prayer and you stop and you want to join. You want to force yourself. Okay, you wanted to force yourself to join prayer department. That's the love of God. The desire for the things of God pushes you. Not where they are pushing men. Come and sing to God. Come and pray to God. Come and give to God. They have not gotten it right. They are sick. When you are totally well, spiritually, one thing will you desire and that will you seek after. Praise the Lord. Come with me. Our time is almost gone. Let let me show you an account in John 1 and and we, we try and wrap it up for this evening. In John chapter 1, there's a very, you know, interesting account there that has not been, you know, I've not, I don't think I've taught from it before, and I don't think I've heard it before, but we just learn a few things from there. In John 1.35, I'll read. It says again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated, Teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Praise the Lord. First of all, let me take the evangelism I talked about. The Bible says, the moment these two found Jesus, what did they do? Look at their statement. They went and said to their brother, we have found. You see, if I knew I was a sinner and Jesus forgave me my sins. If I see another sinner, I know what I'll say. I'll say, sinner, I have found a what? Sin eater. I'll find a sin clearer. Praise the Lord. If I've been sick and he has healed me, and God has healed me, anybody God has healed. If I see someone sick, I will walk to him also and say to him, are you sick? I was sick also, but I found what? A healer. That's evangelism. Are you having struggles? Are you having struggles with contentment? Oh, I have found one that can satisfy you. And you wouldn't need anything more. That is what it is. That's evangelism. It's experience and tell. It's not my church. It's not my bishop. You know some people when they evangelize, they tell you that. No, it's my experience. I'm a sinner. Or rather, I used to be a sinner. This thing you're doing, you're junior in it. I was grade 7, you're in grade 2. But you know what? I have changed. Things I used to do what? I do them no more. That's why you must stop sinning. Because if you don't stop, you can't have a testimony. Praise the Lord. These things, I used to struggle with them. But someone has freed me. His name is Jesus. So this is the message, language of evangelism. This I found you come and what? Experience. Praise the Lord. But I want us to see something there. And i just, you know, mention some things for This is Bible study. John the Baptist was called the greatest of all the prophets until the kingdom, those in the kingdom. You know why John was called greater than Moses and all of them? You know why? Because of John's precision in pointing Jesus. The Bible said the angels and the prophets before, it said they desired to look into what we're seeing. But when John started preaching, John was not preaching Jesus in code. The first line we saw there, verse 36, says, look at him there. And can I help you? If you want to be great in the sight of the Lord, can I give you a secret? In fact, let me make another statement, very important. The Bible says John walked no miracle. You know that the Bible says that. That means he was greater than Elijah and Elisha who raised the dead. That's what Jesus said. So what was great about John It was the accuracy with which he identified the Son of God. Now, the Bible is saying to you and I, if you want to be great, and you know the Bible says of John, he was great in the sight of the Lord. If you want to be great in the sight of the, be able to point people to Jesus. You may never cleanse a leper, but you can be a genuine witness to Jesus. And once you're done, heaven will recognize you. Is someone hearing what I'm saying? He said, Behold the Lamb of God. And he did it so well that the Bible said the people who were with him, two of them, what did they do? They left him and followed Jesus. The full satisfaction of a preacher or a minister is not when people are following him around and say, My sons and daughters, you know, I don't even use that word. There's nothing wrong with it. It's when people hear you and they become children of God, sons and daughters that look like Jesus. There are so many people that have people who follow them and both are not following Jesus. And listen to me. Let me help us, please. Uh, Thank God this is Kingdom Kids. Let me help us. The natural human nature wants something they can see, wants something they can touch. It's easier to raise a disciple for yourself than to raise disciples for Jesus. Oh, let me tell you. You don't understand. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Walked all the miracles. Just a few days, uh, Moses was on the mountain. They said to Aaron, we don't know what has become of this Moses. Make us a God that we can see and touch. And when that God was made, listen to their words. They said to themselves, they said, people, people, behold the God that brought us out. Habba, the God you just made? You came out last month. And then you make a god this month. Then you now backdate. Hey, maybe they're working in NDDC. ND or You now backdate that god to be the god. The god was not existing in Egypt because human beings want what they can tell. That's why when you see places where men exalt themselves like God, people like it, and they don't want to hear God. They say, "Papa, Reverend Bishop, just bless me." So, he pointed and said, behold the lamb. And the two people who were with him left him. And he was okay with it. Somebody say, Lord, help me. Help me. Let people leave me and follow Jesus. Because that is what you're going to be rewarded for. Praise the Lord. So, they left him and followed Jesus. It says, verse 37. I like the way it was put. And please, when you pray, pray this for yourself and for me. It said, the two disciples heard him speak. And they followed Jesus. What a statement. I pray that you, as you hear, pastor, you cannot speak. You will follow Jesus. That will be my joy. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says, Jesus turned and seeing them following him. Now said to them, what do you seek? What do you seek? And that's, you know, part of what we're learning. He said, what do you seek? And they said to him, teacher, what we are seeking? Let's not start talking about it. Where are you staying? Is you we are seeking. Is somebody getting it? This is foundation. It tells about what John taught them. It tells about what they heard from John. So whatever John taught them was not go to Jesus and get a breakthrough. Because if that was it, they would have gone and said, what do you say? The other one would say, I need this. The other one would say, I need that. But they said, no. They said, where are you? Stay. And the Bible was so detailed. It said it was 10 in the morning. They went and stayed with him the whole day. Lord, help me. Let my foundation be right. They went with him and they stayed. Didn't they have issues? They must have had issues. But something said to them, This one you found. You know, the Bible is so beautiful. It tells us the parable of the kingdom. The Bible says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a field, or found, yes, found a field, and found a treasure hidden in the field. The Bible says this man went and sold all that he had to purchase that field because of one treasure. Many of us are seeking many things. When you seek Jesus, God was not mistaken when he said to you, and I seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will we have? All these other things shall be what? Added to you. Anyway, so they said to him, it is you we are seeking. It is you. It is you. So they followed him from 10 in the morning. We don't know whether it was the next day they left, but it must have been the evening. They spent that time with him. And when they left was when they now went to do evangelism. So Andrew called Peter, his brother. John called, it was John that was here. John the beloved. John called James. Now, if you read your Bible, everywhere the disciples are named, the first four are always these four. No matter the arrangement, it will always be Peter, James, John, Andrew, or Peter, Andrew, James, John. It will always be that first four. Why? Because these people said, where are you staying? They found him. And God used them mightily. What is happening in our time? People don't want Jesus again. They want the bread that perishes. They think that God needs a shortcut. Praise the Lord. Can I ask you a question? And you know, I just pray you think on this question. Have you honestly come to admit that God is wiser than you? Don't answer in a hurry. We don't get there easily. That God is wiser than me. You know why? It will help you. Because there are some prayers you think God didn't answer. But he didn't answer because he's wiser than you. Praise the Lord. You must settle it. God is omnipotent. You see, where we begin to have this connect as Christians is in this area. We know God is powerful. Praise the Lord. We know God, you know, loves us to so a large extent. We know. But when the Bible says his ways are past finding out, we think that when he concerns us, we know the best way. I want to go to uh, Port Harcourt. And I want to pass through Lagos, then stop over in a battle. And then, if that trip does not go the way I planned it, you enter into a nervous breakdown. Because this is what you planned. This is how I planned my life. This is the way I wanted my life to go. But you forget that you called on the omniscient God. Who can factor things about your life you didn't know about into the equation of the prayer you prayed to him. Who knows what is best for you better than you know what is good for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? These are the things. That's why a few days back, a few weeks back, we learned to have faith in God. Because the teaching of faith has made us to, to strengthen this imagination that we're smarter than God. Yes, God said to me, I can speak to this mountain and be moved. But I don't want to move the mountain that when it moves, a flood will take me over. I don't want to move a dam. You know what happens sometimes when these people open their dam. And there was flooding in Nigeria. I don't want to move something that will become, you know, a major issue. That's why he said to Saul of Saul of Tassos that became Paul. He said to Paul, "Leave that thing that is with you. This thing you're disturbing me to remove." He said, "Leave it. For my grace is what sufficient for you. Stop praying about it." It was later that Paul now realized that that thing he had was what a messenger of Satan to do what he said to keep him inside. Why? He said, lest by the abundance of revelation he had received, what? He would become puffed up. Now, you know what will happen if he became puffed up? He would have immediately been translated from being an, a servant of God to a servant of the devil. So, Paul realized that's why he said, now I, will, I see that I should boast in my infirmities. You see, if the one who loves me is the one who is constraining me, it's not a constraint, it's an embrace. But because we don't see the love, because we don't see the wisdom, many Christians come to God and we just have this, you know, mercantile mentality. It's a market. But these people said, where are you staying, Master? And we have examples of such people. We have Mary, the sister of Martha. Martha was doing what she was doing. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and was listening and was soaking in was soaking in, was enjoying the presence of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but thank God Martha will remember Martha. But it was Mary that Jesus said, wherever the gospel is what preached, her story will be told. How many want such a testimony? That's where we're going. Praise the Lord, somebody. So tonight, as we, you know, try to bring ourselves out of this, enjoy, because I believe prayer will do the rest. It's a place I want to be. Is a place I want us to be, praise the Lord. Is a place we ought to be as believers. This is the only thing that makes sense. This is the only thing that makes sense. I've shared with us here how, you know, you're in the presence of somebody you respect and you regard, you know, some high net worth individual. And all of a sudden, the jokes you laugh at are not jokes that you would ordinarily really have laughed at. It's the joke he's laughing at. What he complains about, he says, yes, it's true. Everything about him influences you. Why? Because you have kept him here. Now, when you and I keep God where he is to be, he begins to also influence everything about us. I think it was last week or on Sunday and Wednesday that we talked about sin. The reason I would sin is when I lose sight of his beauty and his majesty. That's why Joseph said, Mrs. Potiphar, By all means, I've not even seen a naked woman since I was born. But you know what? God is much more lovely to me. I can't do this. That's why Daniel would say, Oh, as a slave, I mean, we've been feeding on, you know, very poor diet. I would long to take this wine and the meat with you. But the presence of God to me is sweeter. I would not defile myself. This is where the Christian must get to. But it's not what the pastor will decree for you. Is what when you experience it in your fellowship with God. As you go out, you don't want anything. The Bible says, not even touching the garment, defiled. the it, It's like somebody who has a date. And you're going on that date. And you see some mechanics fighting. Are you going to get in the middle of the mechanics to separate? Or you bought Okada to go there. Then your the Okada man says, no change. Will you hold the man by the trousers and say, give me change? What are you going to do? Bless you. You're going somewhere. Praise the Lord. So tonight, as we, you know, try to escape this uh, meditation and move on, I want us to relax and enter into the love of God. Let me show you a scripture. Ephesians three seventeen, please. That's where Paul was praying for the church. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Then look at the second thing. It says, it says that you, being rooted and grounded in love, He goes on to say, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Just being rooted and grounded. You know what it means for something not to be rooted and grounded? Can anybody help me? Do you know what it means? If you're not rooted and grounded, you can't receive. You can't take anything. You can't take anything. You know, when you're grounded, as they put blessings on you, you're able to take it. As the goodness of God comes. But when you're not rooted and grounded. When God is even trying to love you. You're suspecting him. Isn't it? When God is putting you in a corner to bless you. You will revolt against him. Because you're not rooted and grounded. His words sound harsh to you. You know when the Bible says. My commandments are not burdensome. The other day I was reading it. You know the the way I saw it. I saw the spirit of God saying I grieve. And if there's any parent here, you'll understand what I'm saying. When you're telling your child what is good for him or her, and then the child is resisting it, what happens to you? That's the message. That's immediately what comes in. It says this thing I'm telling you. is not burdensome. It's for your good. It's for your good. When we comprehend the love of God. So he said that you've been rooted and grounded. I, you can take that prayer. Now, let me give you a minute to take that. Lord, I want to be rooted and grounded. So that whatever the devil is saying, whatever circumstances are saying, whatever the world is saying, will not shift me. That I be rooted and grounded in you. I'm a Christian. I carry your nature. I am born of God. The seed of God dwells in me. I'm a child of God. My name is written in heaven. You know me by name. You have inscribed my name upon the palms of your hands. My hairs, even though I don't have any hair, my hairs are serially numbered. You know me. Why should I fear? Why should I worry? What is that temptation? What is that trial? What is that challenge? When I have a father, I have a father like you. I have a God like you. He says we do not even have a high priest. Our high priest is not far removed from us. We have a high priest who has experienced and gone through everything we are going through. And yet now he's making intercessions. He didn't just go through. He's interceding for you and I. Why should I not trust him? Why should I not relax? Why should I not delight myself in the Lord? And see him give me the desires of my heart. Lord, I open my heart to you. I yield to you. I yield to you. I yield to you. Lord, help me. Let me come into this place of enjoying you. Let me come into this place of delighting in you. Let me come into this place, oh Lord, of trusting in your goodness. Lord, help me. Lord, I open my heart that your love may be settled in me. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 5, please. The Bible says, now may the Lord direct your hearts Into the love of God. Lord, place my heart here. Let me not be anxious for anything. The psalmist said, like a winged child is my soul quieted within me. Lord, let people marvel at the peace that I have. Jesus said, I give you peace. Not as the world gives. Let me live from today as a child of God. As a beloved daughter. As a beloved son. As one that Jehovah knows. Not just knows. that the one that the Lord loves. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we magnify you. You know, part of the challenge we have as believers is that we think the weapons of our warfare are cannon So when you're learning something like this, you think it's a long route. You want us to call fire. You want us to turn to the east and say, money, come. You want us to cast out devils, isn't it? But nothing will drive devils away like the presence of God. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? You see, nothing will change your situation like the presence of God. When the favor of the Lord looks upon you, I'm telling you the truth. Everything will fall in place. Let's rise on our feet as we worship with this song. It says the weapons of our warfare, that are not of this world, but they are mighty through God. As we push in into the delight of the Lord, just to worship Him, He will do for you and I exceedingly, abundantly, much more beyond what we can ask or imagine. It might seem foolish, but the Bible says the foolishness of God is wiser than men. The Bible said when he was going to walk the miracle of feeding of the multitudes, what did he say today? He says, Sit down. That is not a posture for somebody who needs food and has financial problems. Somebody tonight, God is saying, sit down. Sit down, sit down, sit down. And You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We're sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near next Kashin Abuja. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www. W the father's church org. God bless you.